Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Hi, Coulter. How we doing over there? Good. Thanks for making the coffee. It's a pleasure. I did uh, have it right here in my Beatles cup. I say mine. It's not mine. It's the offices. It's, uh, you know, a group of, of, uh, of different mugs that we have. And uh, I know you're not a Beatles guy, but is it okay if I drink out of a Beatles mug? Certainly. That's one of the great coffee cups there is. I mean, drinking coffee out of a cup that says a hard day's night is... Uh... It's not as if I, the Beatles' lines aren't iconic. I mean, that's a great line, a hard day's night. I just wish it wasn't sung in such a poppy tone. David hasn't been in on this yet, no, so let's not okay. expose him to no, this. No, no, no. We don't, need, we, don't need to do, we don't need to do all this. Beatles, shout out. <laughs> just what they need. They've only sold 500 million records. No, no. Oh, no, see, now no, David's my no. new favorite producer. He's down on the Beatles. Oh, man. You know, David, I'm buying you a beer after this. Listen, listen. This is this is nothing but revelations of ages. That's all it is. It has nothing to do with the yeah, music You're right. Of the I'm world. so young, and I have such young taste. That, that makes a ton of sense. You are young. You are young. Yes. Now... <laughs> I Thank never you, know whether when David talks to if it's everybody can hear him or if he only we can yeah, hear him. Right, but right, he's a hundred percent right. You would be eating dinner if you weren't on the show. First right dinner. Now. First dinner. Followed you by second. Wake, by wake up at three a.m. Get the special at Denny's. Do the thing. You're an old man. Let's talk about some football teams from twenty five hundred miles away. So I, got, we, I got to say, I love this time of year because I I love the Big Sky Conference. Obviously, I've dedicated basically my whole life to it. Yes, but it's a young life. It's a. Um, I, mean, I know all the teams so well and the ins and outs, and when something new happens, it's not this intensive learning experience. Like when any coach gets, when Cal Poly gets a new coach, okay, that's just added to the previous history that I already know about Cal Poly, et yeah. cetera, Northern Colorado, et cetera. 
but I have never written words about southeastern Louisiana or Albany mm. at all. Yeah. And I find it very fun. I mean, I, it takes a long time. It took me six hours to write my Albany first look story. It's not like when you're doing the Sac State first look, you know exactly where Sacramento's at. Oh, what's their role in that now? Bam. Okay, who's their good players? You already know. Kevin Thompson, Elijah Dotson, on down the line. It's fun learning about the not only the teams, but the schools and stuff, yeah. too. Uh, one thing I think is interesting is like the university system. I know we're going to get into the Cats versus Albany in the second hour. But learning about the different university systems in the different states is mm. very fascinating. We know out west, we know about the Cal State and the UC systems in sure. California. And then we know sort of the more rural western states have the land-grant institutions like Montana State and the quote-unquote flagship, flagship universities like Montana. And most of the rural states have those sorts of deals. But then like the SUNY system which is the New York University system, mm. is very fascinating. There's campuses all over the place. Yeah, like, I mean, Wisconsin, for instance, it's all Wisconsin. Right. Wisconsin Whitewater, right, Wisconsin right. Green Bay, Wisconsin Madison. They just sort of dropped that off of there because that's the school. But uh, Right. It's interesting, too, how names evolve. Mm-hmm. Like we, we just call it Sacramento State or Sac State. But actually, it's... California State University at Sacramento is the actual name of the right. school. Like, if you were to go by the academic abbreviation, it's CSUS, not Sac State. Right. It's just interesting how all this stuff evolves. Did you see that Andy Katz predicted Sac State being the Big Sky representative in the NCAA tournament? Well, they're undefeated right now. They had four and one. They but they did they just lose they their first lose. game. They just lost. They I won just, their I first. Know, four. I know that uh, it's Fullerton and Riverside. Ken Palm does a. Ken Pomeroy was like the analytics yep. for college basketball. Ken Pomeroy, he he does, he always has his countdown of undefeated teams. He'll say, like every night he has a tweet that goes out and he'll say, 21 undefeated teams left. Sorry, in this, for example, Sac State. Right. Sorry, Sac State, because this is the last one that's lost. But I knew that uh, there was a moment where I think there's like six undefeated teams left, which is crazy since we're only eight games in. I mean, in. everybody is losing in college basketball. But that's kind of what the state of college basketball is, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sac State lost to Cal Poly. Uh, Interesting. Who they lost. Which is a non-conference game in basketball. Right, right, exactly. Um, okay, Coulter, uh, let's get into this. Southeastern Louisiana is... I, I also want to talk about this, too. Okay. The, the, the abbreviation for Southeastern Louisiana, I had always seen it as CELA. When they played on ESPN in the quarterfinals two years, or I guess it was four years ago, 2014, yeah. they made it to the quarters, and it was CELA yeah. as well. But then in Frank Selfo's press conference yesterday, he was wearing a sweatshirt that said SLU. Mm. So I'm accustomed to calling them SELA, not as if we've become accustomed to talking about the southeastern Louisiana Lions. But if we do say SELA, if there's anybody out there that thinks that that's incorrect, send us an email or something like well, that. Well, primarily, correct there's going to be four teams that we'll be talking about, and whether it's SELA or SLU, we won't be confusing them with any of the other three. Totally. David says that it's SLU, so that's SLU. interesting. Right. Let's call them Southeastern Louisiana. By the, the way, There quick. was a couple of times in the press conference, though, where they were called Southeast Louisiana. Even Bobby Houck accidentally called them Southeast Louisiana. It's Eastern. It's Southeastern Louisiana. Yeah. Uh, by the way, uh, no, no surprise here, less than 10 minutes in the show, we've already, already made an error. Sac State did not lose to Cal Poly. They lost to Colorado. Uh, in in basketball, so that was their first loss. Mm. Uh, world changing news 
<laughs> indeed, indeed. Uh, Coulter, southeastern Louisiana, is in the second round of the playoffs. Uh, let's hear uh, from uh, Bobby How You asked a good question, and I think this will help people because it is. You're trying to familiarize yourself. By the way, quick plug for you, but you write the first look stories all the time for whatever the teams at Montana, Montana State are playing that week. But at this point in the conference season, you go, okay, you know, like, okay, well, uh, yeah, I'm familiar maybe if you follow the conference with all those goes. It's great articles. But now, especially, go to SkylineSportsMT.com and read these things because it will be so helpful, so much more interesting when you know the players, what they're about, who they are, and all that, uh, and, uh, and you can do that now. But you asked for the sake of you know, helping everybody out. Who is the comp to Bobby Houck that SELA, SLU, has in the Big Sky Conference? What team do they most resemble? Here's what he said. Um, probably Sac State would be the closest, both in terms of style and personnel. And they, again, they're they're good up front and they're, and they're really skilled. So Sac would be the one, I think, probably the best comparison. Of course, he means California State at Sacramento. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah... Here's what I think. There is some legitimacy to that. Mm-hmm. They certainly aren't Cal Poly, okay? Mm-hmm. But also, I think to compare them to the to one of the teams that she lost to, to try and, I don't know, generate a little bit of that. I mean, you shouldn't have to, quote-unquote, get up for a playoff game. But also, it's so interesting, the breadth of even playoff teams can be so great because of automatic bids and things like that. Which, by the way, Southeastern Louisiana is not an automatic bid. They are an earned bid. Uh, and so, this is a team uh, that 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 is a very, very good football team. But also, you know, if you're not in the Big Sky, or you're not in the Missouri Valley, or maybe, you know couple others and and also just the lack of familiarity sometimes it's hard to sit here and go okay this is going to be a really good football team you know you look at albany oh the 1600 fans came to their playoff game like what are they oh they just won their first ever playoff game what are they really it's a really good football team albany is a really good football team southeastern louisiana but i do like I, i don't think that this is incorrect in what I watched, at least on Saturday, and watching the way that they play the game, comparing them to Sacramento State, but I also think there's a little bit of, you know, if I can compare them to a really good football team, it's an added element of legitimacy, you know, within the psyche to some extent. But nonetheless, as a team that throws the ball all over the place, we'll hear in here in about a half an hour or so from Bobby Howe talking about chasing Virgil, their their quarterback. In fact, they do really two quarterbacks, but mm-hmm. one primary as a thrower unbelievable uh, athlete and also a great, great quarterback as well. And and Frank Cephalo, as he talked to us, and he'll be on the show with us again later in the week, said that Virgil probably played his best half of football in the second half of their playoff game. Well, if you ever wanted a guy to peak and play his best football at the right time, that's it, you know, in a game that you end up winning by one point. Uh, But what do you think, Coulter? Do you think as you've watched this team play, Sacramento State is a reasonable comp, which I think that it is? Here's what I'd say about both Albany and Southeastern Louisiana is that their skill players, especially their starting star skill players, would absolutely be amongst amongst the best in the Big Sky Conference. And when we're going to hear from Jeff Choate in the second hour about Juwan Green. Jeff Choate thinks he's an NFL guy. Jeff Undercluffer, the quarterback, said he thinks he said he ran a f- sub four four in the spring. I mean, if you're six one one ninety, you run sub four four. You are an NFL guy, especially when you have the production that Juwan Green has had. I, I think that. 
Chase and Virgil is probably not quite as good a quarterback as Kevin Thompson, but he would be one of the better quarterbacks in the Big Sky Conference. I think that, I mean, I, I was in into an SWX tonight last night with Sean Rainey and the boys, and Sean and I were talking, and Sean, he's got a little bit of a different inside on the Grizz program because he gets to talk to some of the, the coaches and stuff off the record, and it, it, it's great to hear from him on some of the stuff that he's hearing but he said that the coaches had mentioned to him and that Coach Houck had mentioned to him. And this is one guy we didn't actually ask Bobby Houck about directly. So it's not as if Coach Houck was avoiding talking about him. We just didn't directly ask Bobby about him. But Devontae Williams, the running back, he's a transfer from Indiana. And this kid was first-team All-Big Ten freshman when he was a freshman. The Big Ten does an all-freshman team. He was first-team all-freshman at both running back and part returner at Indiana. And I don't know what happened at Indiana. They had a coaching change recently, so maybe he just fell out of favor with the new staff. Coach Sofo told us, you know, they have 20 transfers on their team, and he said, we really researched the backstories of these guys. Mm. If they're leaving because they're malcontent or because they were in trouble, not happening. If they're leaving because it wasn't a right fit or their academics aren't going well or it's a coaching change, we'll take a look. And, I I mean, you mentioned the two-quarterback system. I mean, they have a drop-down quarterback from Arkansas. They have a drop-down quarterback from LSU. They have a drop-down quarterback from Alabama. I mean, this is like SEC light here. So in terms of... The, the valuation, the skill players from both of these schools that are coming to Montana are going to be on par. I mean, I think that Juwan Green would be one of the best receivers in the Big Sky Conference, the kid from Albany. I think Jeff Undercuffer, I mean, 39 touchdowns don't, doesn't lie. It don't matter what level you're at. If you throw 39 touchdowns in a college football season and you're a freshman, you can play. I mean, you, you are going to be able to play at most of the schools in the FCS. And as far as this Southeastern Louisiana team, Devontae Williams certainly is would be an all-Big Sky type talent. I think Jason Virgil, the quarterback, would certainly be one of the better quarterbacks in the big sky. This team is going to have a a lot of speed and a lot of athleticism. It's the two things that set the big sky apart from the Southland and set the big sky, quite frankly, apart from anyone. It's just a microcosm of what exists out west. There's just great coaches, great recruits, everything trickles downhill because there's just not that many options. Jeff Choate said it in his press conference last week. He said, the reason I think the Big Sky has gotten so good is you got seven former FBS coordinators or coaches, head coaches. I mean, you have three guys in the league that were FBS head coaches, if you count Paul Petrino at Idaho. And then you have four other guys who were coordinators at, at the Power 5 level. And, when you, and if you want to stay out west, if you don't get the one or two Mountain West jobs that come open every year, you're going to land in the big sky. And then that helps the recruiting trickle downhill as well. This team, Sela has Southeast Louisiana has a lot of drop downs, but they also, uh, they're not going to have the absolute outstanding players like the Dante Olsons or the, or the Giorgio Binas, the guys that have been developed that were diamond in the rough type guys, or maybe just straight up overlooked. They're not going to have that. And the other difference is, like southeastern Louisiana is going to have as good a speed as Montana has seen this entire year. They're not going to be. They're not going to have an offensive line like Weber State or Sac State or Montana State or North Dakota. They just don't have the lines like the teams in the Big Sky Conference. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money. And it is important to make sure that you're online and secure am i right absolutely got to be cyber safe this day and age well for you business owners out there whether you have an online business or a brick and mortar business it's still running through the web we all know that's a fact and in today's always on world your business demands a simpler approach to network security 
At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Two-Tell New Orleans, 1029 ESPN Radio. A couple things uh, for you from the southeastern Louisiana team. The eight and four on the season. They lost at Ole Miss 40-29. to I mean, they lost by 11 points and on the road at an SEC school. They beat Jacksonville State in the first game of the season when Jacksonville State was uh, ranked number six in the nation. A team, by the way, of course, that beat Eastern Washington uh, a couple weeks later. And they also, on November 9th, beat down the then sixth-ranked team in the nation, Central Arkansas, who, oh, by the way, got the eighth seed in these FCS playoffs. So they absolutely hammered 34 nothing in that football game. Their losses, uh, they lost at McNeese State and at UIW to Southland Conference games uh, by four and by six, respectively. And then they also lost the last game of the regular season to Nichols, a game that was for the, the, the conference championship, essentially, and for the automatic bid, 28-27. One point game to Nichols, who, you know, again, had, had their way in the first round of the playoffs against North Dakota. Okay, so this is, I mean, if, you know, it's all about matchups. We understand that. You, you can play a team and beat them and then play another team, you know, who, who lost to that team, and they can beat you. You know, I, I, we, we get all of that. But when you talk about wins against really good teams and definitive wins and, you know, if you're going to have a couple of losses in there, an 9-4 team or an 8-4 team, uh, the losses that they have are, you know, are not crazy. They're not, and the, the no, they haven't been blown out. They haven't. They, the, again, the most they've lost by is eleven points at Ole Miss. I mean, this is a, a, a really good football team. And the other thing too, it's a really well coached football team. One thing I like for these programs that maybe don't have the history uh, that a lot of them do is a guy like Frank Selfo who was a high school coach in the 80s, a head coach, and has been basically a coordinator or quarterbacks coach all over the place, from Tulane to Jacksonville in the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars, and, and you know, bounced around a bunch of different places, but is a football lifer. And then later in life, in his, you know, 60s or whatever it is, decides he wants to go home. He's from Louisiana originally, obviously Tulane and New Orleans, but from Louisiana originally and wants to wants to be the head coach now and 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 has been you know the 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 coordinator the coach the helper all the way through and now has taken over a program and is excited and there's a level of enthusiasm I think that a guy like that brings to a program but also just the football knowledge that he carries with him that I think is able to to build up a program. A lot of times, you know, an FCS job like this might be your first ever head coaching job as and uh, you know as a young coach or something like that that's coming up on their way up. Whereas when it's a place that you just choose because you want to be there, you want to be home, and you're still excited about what you're doing, and there is a certain novelty of it of being the head coach there. Uh, he's got this thing rolling, and you know, a guy who has been the quarterbacks coach of you know Nick Foles of Blake Bortles at Tulane of four different I think. NFL drafted quarterbacks that came through Tulane University of all places uh, while he was there in uh, from 99 through I think 06 something like that 
impressive. I mean, his resume is really good, and, and Bobby Houck said it in the press conference that, hey, this is, a, this is a guy, this is a family that's a football family. They've seen a ton of football. They know what the heck they're doing, and, and clearly that's true. Tulane wasn't really a, a reputable football program until the Selfo brothers got there. Chris Selfo was the head coach, and Greg, or Frank Selfo was the uh, offensive coordinator for, from 1998 until 2006. But during that time, they had a lot of good players. They had a whole bunch of guys that, if you analyze them from the NFL perspective, are considered either flops or just mediocre guys like Sean King and Patrick Ramsey and J.P. Lossman. But that's here nor there. They were first-round draft picks out of Tulane. Which that's not happening yeah, before I mean, or after. Sean King got his shot, I think, in Tampa for about I mean, for about a year. People were like, "What is going on?" It was the Sean King show down totally. there for a little while, and uh, you know, it was a, a, a bit of a flash in the pan or whatever. But also, people are going, "This kid out of Tulane, where the heck did he come from?" Well, this is where he came from. He was a first round pick, though. So I mean, was he, he a first round? I think pick? he was a first round wow. pick. Okay. Um, Regardless, these guys know how to coach quarterbacks. The other thing that, that's why I think that researching these sorts of schools and football programs are so interesting because you think Hammond, Louisiana. Hammond, Louisiana is 45 miles from Baton Rouge and 60 miles from New Orleans. So it's dead in the middle of Baton Rouge and New Orleans. They're one of the richest recruiting grounds in the entire country. I mean, you have so much talent down there. And like I said on the show yesterday, you're in a location where you can get guys if it's not going their way at Georgia or Alabama or Arkansas or LSU or even you know the Louisiana Techs and Arkansas states of the world to come your way as transfers. So I was looking, so why has it taken SLU so much time to build? Well, it's because there was no time spent building. They cut football back in 1985 and they didn't have it back fully Excuse me. Yeah, cut football in 1986, and they did not have football back fully until 2005. And then they got it rolling a little bit with Ron Roberts, and they won their first ever Southland title in 2013. They won a playoff game, and then Ron Roberts jumped ship to go to Louisiana, the University of Louisiana, as the defensive coordinator. And then they just have kind of been searching for the right guy. They hired internally. It didn't really work out. They weren't as good. And now it looks like, by all accounts, they got the right dude. And uh, this is interesting, too. Didn't you tell me this, that Southeastern Louisiana is the third biggest school by enrollment in the it state is. of Louisiana? 15,000 students. I mean, it's not like high school, obviously, where you're, with the population of your undergraduates comprise the pool of players that you're getting. Okay, I get that. But, uh, you know, it, it, it's with, you know, we're trained, I think, in the sports world to think about school size based on the prestige or whatever of their of their sports programs and what they are. And then you find out, oh, what, there's only 5,500, 6,000 students at Duke University? Right. Really? What's if going that. on? Or Vanderbilt? Sure. You know, but then other places, major institutes, Georgia State, you know, 30,000 kids Maybe or whatever like it is. 50,000 now. And, and so uh, you know, kids, southeastern yeah. Louisiana is a, is a significant institution within the state of Louisiana and has, you know, I think an opportunity in that in the way of when you talk about boosters, when you talk about a fan base, when you talk about a student population to sort of be a, a, a built-in, uh, you know, group of attendees and things like that, um, you know, there's there's a lot of possibility there for a team on the rise. And, you know, again, they, they, they're proving it this season and you get the right guy at the helm uh, that, that it's a good football team. I, 
I haven't seen enough to sit here and start to talk about how they compare, how the matchups are going to look and all that. We'll get into a little bit of that, especially with the quarterbacks uh, that they have. But I think this is going to be a really fun game. Here's what I do like. They, they air it out, and they are fast, athletic, and all of, you know, all the things that are fun to see guys be. You know, it's not quote-unquote just, but, you know, you get a lot of these Northeast teams, and it's ground and pound. It's, it's you know, try and, try and you know, railroad guys, slow, grinded-out types of football. Uh, that's not what Southeastern Louisiana is about. They're out there to put some points on the board and see what's going on, uh, you know, through the air as well. And that's uh, that, that, I think, is going to make for at least a fun and entertaining game on Saturday. Later on this hour, we'll, we'll tell you a little bit more. I think that there's such an interesting... When you watch teams on film, you're preparing for different teams. I think when you're preparing for teams from the South specifically, they're just going to have such good-looking athletes, such long guys, fast guys. And I think there's an opposite effect of that when you're talking about like when you're analyzing the Montana schools. And I want to get into it with you a little bit, just about maybe the, the element of underestimation. Because if you're watching like Josh Hill at Montana State or Jace Lewis at Montana, and they're thinking, well, man, this guy's like a six foot, two hundred and five pound middle linebacker. I'm good. We're, we're going to run right over this guy. Right. And you're like, oh, ouch, no, we didn't. Yeah. So it's interesting because six five, two fifty shows up on tape no matter what, or where you're from, no doubt. And six one, two hundred five doesn't look intimidating on tape. But then you play against Chase Lewis, and you're like, oh, man, this guy can smack me a little bit. So it's an interesting factor. We'll get into that a little bit later on this hour. We'll take a break. Uh, on we'll get back as Coulter said into uh, into a little bit more, especially the quarterback scenario uh, with Southeastern Louisiana, and uh, we will be getting into the Albany stuff and hear from Jeff Choate at the top of the next hour. But next, we're going to talk to Caroline Bullock. She is the Masters Firm Student of the Week. She's a senior at Helena High School, and uh, she is yes the daughter of uh, Governor Steve Bullock, but also uh, an outstanding. A three-sport athlete there at Helena High and also uh, helping out some of the younger kids with their math in her spare time as well. So we'll have her on right after this. To tell Nuwana's ESPN Radio. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. With the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home even when you're not. We go now to the Rangage Brothers RV phone line, and we welcome in a senior at Helena High School, our mattress firm student of the week, Caroline Bullock. Caroline, thank you so much for being with us. How are you? I'm good. How are you guys? Well, we're doing great. We're very happy to have you on. Congratulations on being the student of the week, and we got a bunch to talk about here. We know that you're playing sports there at Helena High School, but you're also uh, working with the kids, teaching some math. Is that right? In like fourth grade classes, is that? Do I have that right? Yeah, I go over to Bryant Elementary School, and I volunteer with a couple of fourth graders three times a week. 
Now, how did you get involved in that? When you said, hey, you know what I need is more kids in my life. Let me go teach these kids how to do a little bit of arithmetic. Well, uh, I've always loved kids, and I was looking a way to give back to my community before I left for college. And um, the principal over at Bryant was a teacher of mine my freshman year, and I reached out to her, and I was like, hey, I'd love to uh, help out some kids and hang out with some kids. And uh, she hooked me up with a classroom, and uh, I love it. Have you decided what you might want to go to school for? I have no idea. That a girl. Maybe, That's what maybe I'm talking teaching about. though, right? Maybe teaching is in your future. You know, maybe, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Just volunteer in small doses. That's very good. See, yeah. it's process of elimination, Coulter, mm, is what it mm-hmm. is. You do the stuff, you go, okay, that was good, but I don't know if that's for me, right? You got to keep, you know, dipping yeah, your toes exactly. in the pool, find out what's going on. Do you have, do you think that you might want to go to college like next year? Do you want to take some time off? Do you have any idea what you, what your plan is when you graduate here in like six months? Um, I'm, as of now, I'm looking to go to college out of state and either the East Coast or the West Coast, but I'm not really sure where. And then maybe after college, I'll take a gap year before grad school, if that's in my future. I have no idea. I like this, Coulter. This is how I, I relate to Caroline very much on this. You know what I mean? When I was in high school, people asked me this. I don't just leave me alone with these questions. I don't know what in the world's going on. Hey, Caroline Bullock is our uh, mattress firm student of the week uh, from there, at Helena High School. And Caroline, I know that you uh, also are playing sports over there. You're into uh, volleyball and basketball as well. Is that correct? Yeah, basketball and track. Oh, well. man, all, all three. Okay, that's awesome. But volleyball in particular, I know that you're, uh, is something that you kind of got into a little bit later on, right? Like, what got you into volleyball? Well, I ran cross-country in middle school to get in shape for my basketball season. And uh, as an eighth grader, as I was um, making my schedule for high school, my dad turned and looked. I mean, he goes, I'm so excited to watch you run cross-country in high school. And I was like, Dad, there's no way I'm doing that. And he's like, well, you got to do a sport. And so I turned to my mom and I said, sign me up for the volleyball camp because there's no way I'm running cross country. <laughs> <laughs> now, wait, why, why were you, why was there such an aversion to running? I, it's awful. Run. Have you ever ran? Gosh, no, come on. You're talking, the, you're talking to the guy that has not run three consecutive miles in his lifetime. No, of course, no. cross country is the worst. Good decision, Caroline. You made the right choice. <laughs> Thank you. So then you got into vol- you went to volleyball camp. You said, "Hey, this is this is what I'm going to do." Well, I went to volleyball camp and I was not great at all. Um, and then, but like I put in some work and uh, I worked with the summer over the summer with some of the coaches and um, come tryouts. I was definitely the least prepared girl there. Um, but I just kind of brought the energy and excitement that I have. And um, at the end of the tryout, the coach pulled me aside and said, Caroline, you made the team. And I think there was about 30 seconds of silence before I was said, uh, excuse me, you're kidding me, right? And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I was, it was awesome. <laughs> well, that's great. Let's talk some hoops because Hill and a high historic run three state championships in a row i think only the third class double a team ever on the girls side to win three consecutive double a state championships so just being a part of that team playing with some of the great players you've played with what's that whole experience been like for you 
Oh, it's been really cool. It's definitely a once in a lifetime opportunity to have had that three P and um, to still be excited to play one more year and see what that looks like. I definitely don't. I definitely still think our team has the mindset of continuing to make history, and I'm excited to see what we do. Well, you're on the radio in Missoula, so we got to ask you about Jamie Pickens. She was a, a one of the high, most highly recruited players from the state of Montana in the last handful of years two-time Gatorade Player of the Year in the state of Montana, an outstanding player, and she's already getting playing time as a freshman for the Lady Grizz here. So uh, what was that experience like playing with her, and what do you think of just her skill set as a player, what she brings to the college level? Oh, Jamie's a phenomenal player, and more so than that, she's just a phenomenal person. I've had her in uh, quite a few of my classes, and she's a great classmate, and battling her against her every day in practice, uh, not only do I hope I made her a little bit better, but she definitely made me um, a better player. I'm definitely a lot more physical and stronger than I once was, but having her friendship and relationship, I was definitely, she was definitely a big role model to me, um, through high school. And that friendship and mentorship has also really attributed to, to me becoming the person I am today. Well, that's awesome. What it's got to be fun for you then to have somebody playing at the college level and give you something to follow. Right. Yeah, definitely. She's, I still definitely look up to her and the way she plays, and I am so excited for the success she's been having at the college level, and I can't wait to see what she continues to do. Well, Caroline, that's great. We we certainly appreciate you taking the time out here and being with us. We know you got a ton going on, uh, and so we appreciate the time. One final thing, you know, we got to ask you, but being the daughter of the governor, do you get to go into all the rooms in the Capitol? Like, are there places that we can't go, like for coffee in there that you get to go sit down in? Is that great? Yeah, it's pretty cool. I definitely know where all the candy drawers in the Capitol are. Hey, that's fantastic. Well, Caroline, we certainly appreciate you being with us. Have a wonderful day, and congratulations on being the student of the week, okay? Thank you. Thanks so much for having me. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed, I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Hi. How are you? Hope you're well. Thanks for being here with us, letting us be with you, whatever you want to talk about it. We're broadcasting live from the Kurtz Polaris studios. Kurtz Polaris at 2904 West Broadway in Missoula this Saturday, one day only, 10 a.m. to 4 p.m., even earlier than that if you need to get in, you're on your way to the game, whatever it might be. It's the seventh annual snow day. You got to go. Biggest sale of the year, one day only at Kurtz Polaris. Uh, if you uh, would like to, uh, you know, check us out, on the uh, podcast, you can feel free to do that. 
Two Tell Nuanas podcast available wherever you get your podcasts. It's there all the time, and it's there thanks to the Wingate by Wyndham Hotel. Coulter, southeastern Louisiana. We talked about him at the first segment. We'll talk about him now, and we will get into the Montana State-Albany game in the next hour. But Chasen Virgil's a transfer from Fresno State. Cole Kelly is their quote running quarterback. He is a more of a lumbering quarterback, I would guess, at seven foot twelve, four hundred pounds. Six seven, two sixty. I mean, that's real. Six seven, two sixty. That's a big dude. Uh, but he is a transfer from Arkansas. You talked about this before. Twenty total transfers on this roster. Twelve uh, from Power Five uh, drop down uh, kids, including both of these quarterbacks. Well, I guess Fresno State not a Power Five school, a Mountain West school, but a, an FBS school nonetheless. But Jason Virgil, an outstanding quarterback. Uh, he's been uh, a guy who's uh, uh, thrown for well. A, a, a ton of yards. He is the uh, Southland Conference uh, Player of the Year, excuse me, all-conference quarterback, the first uh, team all-conference quarterback for the conference. And you asked Bobby Houck just about the style that Southland Conference football teams play in general, and it's more of an up-tempo, more of a passing game. Here's what he said about that, and this leads into the quarterback stuff. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, everybody's running this stuff on offense, so it's not ex- certainly exclusive to their conference but uh you know they're they're spreading it out and they got a significant rpo game and 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 a lot of zone and the quarterback's good he, he can run it he can throw it so uh, i mean it's a lot like a lot of the teams we see but they do i mean they 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 run the rpo but they got a guy who can do it and do it well in in chase and virgil Jason Virgil started 14 games at Fresno State. I don't know what happened there, but it seems like there's a common story amongst these FBS and Power 5 drop-down guys. They all seem to just have fallen out of favor where they were at and then kind of landed back on their feet. But, I mean, this kid threw for 2,800 yards and 19 touchdowns during his time at Fresno State, which at Fresno State's no crazy power, but they're they're a upper they're upper half Mountain West team. They were really competitive a couple years ago. Yeah. They've been good. They've produced good quarterbacks. I mean, Derek Carr went there. Uh, this kid, though, he's from Mesquite, Texas, which is a, a, a football hotbed, and he's done a really good job for them this year. And their ability to play two different quarterbacks at once, I think, has been key as well. I guess rotate them within the scope of the game. They don't play them both at the same sure. time on the field. Only Montana State does that kind of stuff. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Which is not a shot to Montana State. I think they deserve a lot of credit for all the stuff that they've been able to get away with this it year. It's worked out pretty well. But what, one of the craziest parts about the FCS level is just thinking about, this is why recruiting is such a crapshoot and in some ways to me just so utterly ridiculous. Because what a guy is when he's 18 and what he's going to become when he's 23 has as much to do with mental development, maturation as a person, opportunity, luck, avoiding injury. If everybody that was a five-star recruit and they were 18 years old just stayed the best, then we'd never have guys like J.J. Watt, who are two-star recruits with one offer coming out of high school, who then are three-time NFL Defensive Player of the Year. Yeah. You wouldn't have guys like Mark Mariani and Chase Reynolds who were sharing a scholarship back in 2005 at Montana and then both got drafted into the NFL. You know, you wouldn't you wouldn't have it if it wasn't for the development. But I'm looking at some of these guys 
But I think oftentimes, too, when you were a high-level recruit, sometimes you get overrated or sometimes you don't stay as hungry. I'm not saying that's the case with these guys, but sometimes circumstances just don't cater either. But we look at the Cole Kelly kid, who's the other quarterback that southeastern Louisiana plays, and it's, it's interesting because Virgil has great stats. I mean, he's completing 66% of his passes. He's thrown for 3,355 yards this year, 21 touchdowns, thrown for about 280 yards a game. But Cole Kelly's thrown 90 passes. Yeah, he's, he's thrown it a little bit. So he's throwing about eight passes, seven or eight passes a game. Mm-hmm. He's 66 of 90, 785 yards, 10 touchdowns. So they're throwing for 345 a game, but they're getting it from two different guys. But then Cole Kelly has been also like their wildcat slash goal line type back, and he's run the ball 87 times for 273 yards. That's been impacted by some sacks, but he scored 10 rushing touchdowns. But when you look at his high school resume, I mean, this kid, his his Rivals.com profile is ridiculous. He's got offers from 40 different schools. I'm yeah. not even going to list them all for you. He was, he was a four-star quarterback who, coming out of high school, is... He was the number two quarterback in the entire state of Louisiana. I mean, he, this guy is an absolute he's Arkansas. I think. He, no, he went to he, Arkansas, but he's okay. from Lafayette, oh, okay. Louisiana. Okay. So that's so okay. that's what led him back gotcha. to Hammond. But they have all sorts of guys like that. I mean, I was just writing a little blurb during the commercial about Xavier Lewis. I mean, Xavier Lewis was ranked as the number ten or eleven quarterback, depending on which or cornerback, depending on which scouting service you look at in the country. He went to LSU and played as a true freshman. Yeah, LSU has produced more NFL corners than anywhere in the country. But sometimes it just it doesn't matter. Whatever something happens that makes you take a different path, and I think there's always the assumption like the Xavier Lewis kid. He got playing time at LSU as a freshman. So he's going to be the defensive player of the year in the Southland, right? No, he's never been even first-team All-League. He's been second-team All-League, yep. but it shows you how guys can develop. Cole Kelly, number two recruit in the state coming out of high school. And now he's a junior, and he's not even the starting quarterback. Right. And it just shows you how much talent there really is in the FCS, but also just the way that your path can derail you and stuff like that. But I do think that the way that southeastern Louisiana plays the two quarterbacks off of each other is, is very creative, and I think that it makes them very hard to prepare for. No doubt. And, uh, you know, when, when one guy is going, as Chase and Virgil was uh, this past Saturday, Cole Kelly never even saw the field in the second half of that football game. But in general, these are two quarterbacks who are very, very different from each other, but both good at what they do, and it's hard to be, I mean, you can't teach size, right? That's the deal. So six seven two sixty. what do you do with that? We asked Bobby Houck on uh, on Monday about that very deal and started with Chase and Virgil and asked just simply, well, what is it that he does so well? Well, he's one, he's one of the uh, FBS transfers, and, and we're familiar with, with Virgil because he was at Fresno State, and we were, a bunch of us were coaching in the Mountain West, so we, we know him well. We've seen him up close and personal. Um, he does a nice job, obviously, at game last weekend. He was on the money, and... Um, you know, he, he runs it pretty well, but he's a good thrower, and um, he's a veteran player. He knows what the heck he's doing. Yeah, big kid, the Arkansas transfer. Um, they use him a little more to run it. He's a he's a big guy. He's tall, but he's big. Um, he's been a little bit more of a runner. He's got 10 touchdowns on the season, leads him in touchdowns, uh, 10 rushing touchdowns, that is. And, uh, you know, he, he played in the first half last week, didn't play in the second half. Um, but he, he's a guy that they like to put the ball in his hands in short yardage situations and, in, and down in the goal line area. 
So there you go, Bobby Houck's, uh, you know, early assessment of the two the two kids playing. But like you said, I mean, it's interesting when if you got a guy who comes in that's primarily a running quarterback, but also th- can throw the ball and does throw the ball, and then another guy who, of course, is an RPO guy can do eat, do do whatever. It's two very distinct styles, and if you get especially the goal line stuff, I mean. Coach Houck did reference that in particular. You get down inside the five, you might see Kelly, 6'7", 260, come in. And who knows what he's going to do from that sort of down and distance. I mean, you assume you just give him the ball and let him try and fall forward with it. But, he, you know, the, it, it becomes something where you really got to be on guard for a bunch of different things that this offense throws at you. The first team that I really saw prevalently use the Wildcat with Non uh, with like slash type players was Villanova back in 2009 when they had Matt Caesar. And I think that people that follow the Grizz still have nightmares about Matt Caesar because he just destroyed Montana in the 2009 national championship game in the second half before going on to have a relatively successful minor league and even a cup of coffee in the show with the Chicago Cubs. But then Sam Davis says he's still in the major league baseball. So I mean, he's still a professional baseball player. The guy was an amazing athlete, but then Sam Houston state, they did this so prevalently where they would line up multiple guys at quarterback and they would run the option. And they had uh, Richard Sincere was their main trigger man, but they did it so prevalently. And now Montana State's done it so well with Travis Johnson and Troy Anderson. I think the biggest difference with Cole Kelly and all those other guys that I just named is all those other guys I just named are unbelievable athletes who can play a little bit of quarterback. And if they absolutely had to throw it, they can. But Cole Kelly can absolutely throw it. And I think that's what makes Southeastern Louisiana so hard to prepare for. Because when he comes in, you can say, okay, Wildcat, Wildcat, but he could also throw a 40-yard bomb. Yeah. And, or, they, or he could throw the little screen to Devontae Williams. They love that little slip screen because Williams is such a great player in space. So they, they have a lot of different ways to hurt you offensively, and that's reflected in their numbers. They're averaging almost 40 points per game, throwing for almost 350 a game. So it, it's going to be a test for Montana just because the Grizz defense has been so aggressive, and when they've been clicking, has been so hard on opponents, but they have given up chunk plays prevalently this year. As Bobby Halk always says, passing yards are empty calories, but Montana's still giving up 300 passing yards a game going against a team that throws for 350. It just could mean a lot of time on the field for the Grizz right. defense if they can't make plays on the ball. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org. 